Thursday early morning from midnight to 2 a.m., catch Mood Indigo for your weekly dose of blue tunes and sad croons here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Tune in and cry it out with me, DJ Susie. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Top, style of attack. It's like Hannibal rolling on elephant's back. Pack a long barrel, busting off strong ammo. My light's so fast, I cast 20-foot shadows. First family, fifth capo. Micro to macro, loaded in your head, play it back slow. Act like you know, this is no drill. Murderous rap, reveal, going for kill. On these New York City sidewalks, we walk. On these New York City sidewalks, we walk. On these New York City He put a lot of effort into the halftime show. Uh, he's been very conscious of music that will work in a stadium and that will work for football fans and that's familiar. I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jazz. Right. Yeah! Big swing, man! This is where the skill of the pilot really comes in, earning their salary. There comes a time. Uh, last time we were on the show, I asked you to when explain NFTs. When the world uh, and you did so in a great way. Together as one. Uh, which is a very hard thing to really explain to a lot of there people. There are people dying. Oh, when it's time. Since then, Forbes has named you one of the 50, top uh, 50 most influential people in the NFT space. So congrats on that. You know uh, what you're doing. Thank you. I'm so proud. I love being part of this community and being a voice and sharing my platform and just getting the word out there because I think it's just such an incredible thing to be a part of. Yeah. I, I, got, I, I jumped in. I know. I heard. I'm so happy I taught you what they were. You did. You taught me what's up and then I bought an ape. I got an ape too because I saw you on the show with people and so you got a moon pay so I went and I copied you and did the same thing. You did? Mm-hmm. This is your, this is your ape. Yeah. You did it. It's really cool. The hat, the shades. Now what? But, how did you pick? Because you can pick your, your, your ape. Yes, I was going through a lot of them and I was like, I want something that like kind of reminds me of me. But I, I, this one... It's, it does. I think we, we made like another version of it where he takes the hat off and blonde hair comes out. Uh, so. Yeah, because you can do it now, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Animated version. We're part of the same, we're part of the same community. We're yes. both apes. Love it. Uh, here, my, this is my ape. Yours. Yours is so cool. I love the red heart sunglasses. I love the captain hat. It reminded me of me a little bit because I wear striped shirts. Mm-hmm. I've worn these heart sunglasses because my daughter's just as a joke they have them and I, as a joke I put them on so I've done this we are the world. We are the and I love Yacht Rock and being we breezy so I'm like yeah make a day, so let's that kind of and that like the blue they're buddies <laughs> Taught me what's up, and then I bought an ape. I got an ape too. You did? Mm-hmm. You did? Mm-hmm. You did? Mm-hmm. But if you just ape, because you can pick your 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 ape. <laughs> yeah, because you can do it now, whatever you want. It reminded me of me a little bit because I wear striped shirts. I've worn these heart sunglasses because my daughter's. Just as a joke, they have them, and as a joke, I put them on. We are the children. friends. They're buddies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I got an ape too. You did? Mm-hmm. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. From the Winslow T. Broadcast Booth, in appropriately cold Bushwick, Brooklyn, for February, I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah. Do-do-do-do. My opening monologue, as always, is brought to you by, by Winslow Tea. I'm drinking it right now. Mm. Ah, that's good. That is good. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know to steep into the conversation, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't, what if I just kept saying why don't you for an an hour? Let me tell you what's uh, in the mashup and I'll I'll do my opening monologue uh, by way of telling you what was in the mashup. How's that sound? And before I get too carried away, we got Matt Bogachnik calling in. Um, they say the top of the hour and then the bottom of the hour. But what's the the very middle of the hour? He's going to call in at the uh, set, the middle of the hour. What's radio talk for the for the for like ten thirty? My radio people. How do I say that? And we've got Matt Pagachnik calling in at the middle of the hour. It doesn't sound quite right. But you know, it did sound quite right. Little, uh, Tony Touch featuring Wu Tang. And, uh, featuring. We heard we heard a, a snippet of Capadonna's verse, and that goes out to my mom, who just loves when I play hip hop on the show. Um, she's a big fan, and um, I am too. So I uh, thought we'd we'd hear Capadonna. Cough button. 
who uh, began his his line. My unorthodox style of attack is like Hannibal riding on an elephant's back. And I'm sure listener Colette could tell us all about Hannibal and the Punic Wars, right? The uh, Carthaginian general who uh, had, had had enough of the Romans and in, uh, in 2018 decided to... Uh, set off with an army of 100,000 men and 37 war elephants. And he didn't just uh, hop over the Mediterranean from Carthage, which is where uh, modern-day Tunisia is located. No, he decided to go through through Spain, across the Pyrenees, and over the Alps with these war elephants. Like, half of his guys died. Uh, Half of his men died. And all but one of the elephants. But, man, did he make a name for himself. And his name was Hannibal. And that's what, uh, that's that's how Cappadonna, you see, you can learn things from uh, the (laughs) Wu-Tang. My unorthodox style of attack is like Hannibal riding on an elephant's back. Just a beautiful couplet to start your day. Like a like a like a nice big jug of Winslow. I gotta get back into this. Hmm. Ah. Uh, because I I have my Winslow in the I'm, I have it in the Nalgene bottle. I'm going Visco. I can't slurp to enhance, but if you would like to slurp to enhance, uh, hashtag slurp to enhance, and and you can also steep into the conversation that way. Who'd we hear? No, oh, and then and then my fit. The whole reason that I thought of putting uh, this um, Tony Touch Wu Tang song. I don't even forget which what the name of the dang song is. Let's see here. The reason that I put it in is because he says, On these New York City sidewalks we walk. Uh, Tony Touch. Wu-Tang. What comes up? The Abduction. Is that the song? Yes. The Abduction. If you're keeping score at home. My friend got this Tony Touch seat. Oh, I've stopped talking about Tony Touch. Who else did we hear in the mashup? We heard from the press conference where Prince, uh, they introduced Prince. They got people excited and Prince was going to do some uh, Q&A with reporters before he took this uh, Super Bowl stage in, in 2007. The guy introduced him and and said, uh, you know, he's 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 working out his set. It's going to be good. I know people say Prince is a very uh, camera shy person, but he's going to come out here and take your questions. And then he came out with his band and just played a, a set of music and then left. Didn't take one question. Like like George Biden is that his, that's his name, right? <laughs> um. But a lot of people say that that was the best 
Super Bowl halftime. I know we're still processing the Dr. Dre performance and 50 Cent hanging upside down. There's a meme that I thought was funny of 50 Cent hanging upside down that said, me looking for my cell phone under the bed. Right? Blood all (laughs) rushed into his head. His big melon ball. But who, who would have been better than Prince? McCartney? Was that, that was pretty good. I started watching this, uh, I finally started watching 3-2-1 with McCartney and Richard Rubin, <laughs> Rick Rubin. I'm going to grow my hair out like, like Rick Rubin. You think I could do that? What if I did that? He's got the, uh, I think I, I have about as much of a, <laughs> about as much hair as he does. He might have a little bit more on top. But, uh, you know, just grow out the... It's a bald mullet. It's a bullet. But it's, you know, they just sit around uh, the recording studio and play snippets of Beatles songs and Wings songs and, and get Paul to talk about them. And the music sounds really good. But... Rick Rubin's kind of nodding his head the whole time and kind of asking inane questions of um, of Paul. What was it like to record that song? And for some reason, P- Paul McCartney's chewing gum the whole time. He couldn't have, he couldn't have chilled on the gum. The one thing that was uh, I bothers me also about it is this is weird (laughs) but you know I have such a connection to I wonder if anybody else felt this way that should be the name of my show no more race to the bottom there's other shows called race to the bottom what if I change the name of this show to I wonder I wonder if anybody ever sorry I wonder if anybody else ever felt this way is that too wordy I wonder if anybody else ever felt this way. It's too wordy. But I wonder, I'm so connected to these Beatles songs, and then I hear Rick Rubin and and Paul McCartney talking about them and kind of making uh, points about about these songs and analysis. And I feel like, hey, go easy, guys. I, I own these songs more than you do. I don't want Paul, I don't want ninety year old Paul McCartney telling me what Eleanor Rigby was about. Definitely don't want Rick Rubin telling me. Is that weird? We heard from uh, Dave recommended this for the mashup last week. Uh, shout out to Dave and Eric who were uh, in studio. Last last week talking about film preconceptions. That was a good episode if you want to go back and listen to that. We talked about Pig being the Ricardos and French Dispatch and our thoughts and preconceptions on those. 
But he he suggested he he asked if I heard this. This guy does like soccer commentary of um, people landing planes at at Heathrow and in, uh, in London in high wind situations. I put a little bit of that in there. Maybe I should be a pilot. You ever have job envy for a moment? I was I was on a little half an hour break from teaching and I went across the street and got a got a coffee and the person after me ordered a smoothie and I said and the and the guy behind the counter was like, Yeah, coming right up and I saw him making the smoothie. I had to go back and teach and grade a bunch of papers. And for just a moment, I said, man, what if I just had to make a smoothie right now? That was my job. Just hanging out. It's a coffee shop. And then and then reality came and, and uh, barged in. You know, and I, if I were in that person's situation, I'd be living on like starvation wages and everything, no health care. But for just that moment, I said, man, I want to just make smoothies for a living. But that, that he threw, that was a good. Suggestion, Dave. He throw a soccer pitch thing. It kind of reminded me of Ted Lasso. It's a fun show. But like I've said before, Ted Lasso, I'm not sure when when he he has these quips. I'm not sure what it's just the writers. Like who who is Ted Lasso? like supposedly this yokel but then he makes these references and you're saying what references you're saying John have you made a list of Ted Lasso <laughs> references that kind of don't track with his character and I have you know like him saying how Kanye's 808 and heartache didn't get enough credit He's like, our team didn't get enough credit, kind of like Kanye's 808 and Heartache. Who is Ted Lasso? Making Carlton Fresh Prince jokes? Saying I wouldn't be this... This is... A, this is something like... <laughs> it. This is as troubling as if I heard Beyonce and Jay-Z broke up. Referring to God as a she. Saying, uh, oh, I'd, I'd answer you the same way I'd, I would answer Diane Sawyer if she asked me on a date. Yes, please. Who is Ted Lasso? Knowing a lot about Paul Thomas Anderson's movie Magnolia? Who is this guy? Oh, he's just a 
country bumpkin. Simple man. It's like memorized <laughs> magnolia. I don't know, man. Somebody said that big Ted Lasso fans have the energy of adults without children who go to Disney World. We heard from uh, what is his name? Julia Fox? Foxworthy? It's Jeff Foxworthy's daughter. Saying Uncut Jams, which Eric told me about. And then blew up. Eric, you really predicted a, a real meme there. Heard, heard it from you first. And Eric's going to be coming back on the show in a few weeks with his wife, Corey. And we're going to be doing our second annual Oscar Spectacular. My wife and I have watched like seven of the ten movies now. We're closing in. Drive my cars coming to HBO Max, I think. West Side Stories coming to Disney Plus. I made this nerd give me his Disney Plus password. Thanks for that. And um, and then I think I just need to go see uh, maybe see Licorice Pizza in the movie theater. Yeah, Julie Julia Fox seems cool, right? Watch the second part of the Kanye documentary. Inspiring and sad at the same time. Heartbreaking and uplifting at the same. There's got to be a German word for that. It's like the German word for having momentary job envy. Just there's moments where I'm like, how, how could this dude... In this documentary, this old Kanye sit in the White House with a MAGA hat on next to the omelet bar. We heard from the master, Jimmy Fallon, with Paris Hilton talking about uh, the bored ape phenomena. Man. Jimmy Fallon really put in his 10,000 hours on that show. It's just so (laughs) natural. Did Malcolm Gladwell work for 10,000 hours on his 10,000 hour theory? Because if not, I don't think it's it's, uh, fully developed. But, you know, it's, it was a beautiful um, kind of back and forth about these board, this NFT. What if I did a show where I had somebody who's like a NFT cryptocurrency expert on and then we just and then we also had Dr. Dad on and we just tried to explain crypto and NFTs to Dr. Dad. So these there's these non-fungible tokens, Dr. Dad, and... They're these digital <laughs> images of bored apes. 
And uh, you can do whatever you want with them now, as, as Jimmy Fallon said. Scary stuff. And to heighten the scariness, I was in the grocery store. The grocery store next to me plays the weirdest music. I hadn't heard We Are the World in probably 30 years. But I'm, I'm getting some cilantro and they're blasting We Are the World. It's a weird song, man. Weird, weird, wild stuff. But if, if you haven't watched uh, the the We Are the World video in a while, I recommend that you do so. It's it's a lot. And it's interesting because the soloists, you know, everybody just sings a line or two. You got Lionel Richie starting it out. And Stevie Wonder comes in and the two of them harmonize with each other. Then you got Paul Simon. And Kenny Rogers. James Ingram. Who sings, uh, I tried my best. But I guess my best wasn't good. No, no, he doesn't sing that line, but that's the, he's that singer. You might know him from Just Once. Then Tina Turner and Billy Joel. It would be fun if we could do like a live stream version of Race to the Bottom and we could watch the video and break it down with somebody like Scott Bond and I. Bob Dylan outtakes are bonkers. Yeah. No, Bob Dylan uh, in the song. I'll get to Bob Dylan. Uh, this guy, Touchdown, is back in the chat. Guy likes to give me the business. Then Michael Jackson. I got to say, he sounds the best on the song. He's, his voice sounds so good. Diana Ross. Diane... Di- Dion Warwick. Willie Nelson seems completely out of it. He like fumbles half of his line. Al Jarreau. Bruce Springsteen. Oh my god. Surprised he didn't give himself a hernia sing, <laughs> singing his part. Kenny Loggins. He logs in. Steve Perry from Journey. Daryl Hall. No Oats. Oats is in the chorus. Daryl Hall got a, his own line. Huey Lewis, sounding good. Cindy Lauper, not... Uh, Cindy Lauper, as they say, is doing too much. Kim Carnes. I have no idea who Kim Carnes is. Look her up. Who is Kim Carnes? It's... You know when you go to Google somebody and the first thing that comes up is net worth? Who are all these people <laughs> that just Google Cindy Lauper net worth? It's weird. Yeah, and then Bob Dylan is not does not look happy. Touchdown sent me this YouTube thing, but I gotta finish up this monologue. And then Ray Charles... Um, and, you know, 
We Are the World. It's a pretty, um, it's pretty amazing in a way, though, too. Maybe we need to do one for, for Ukraine. Much love to uh, the people of Ukraine. Betty Davis eyes is Kim Carnes. I don't know what that is, listener Tim. Also, love to the people of Yemen and Syria and Palestine. As long as we're giving love to people in war-ravaged places. I don't know what to say about Ukraine. I hope we um, get out of this nightmare with fewest casualties possible. It is troubling that all these people uh, are just like on. Look, I don't. I don't want to warmonger or, or uh, you know be jingoistic, but it is also troubling that we've got all these people that are like on team. Putin. All right. Race to the bottom. Race to the bottom. Uh, Matt, you want to call back? Some some weird happened there. Then we heard uh, the voodoo that do you do so well. Three ways. I was watching Blazing Saddles, preparing for my uh, Mel Brooks show that I'm going to do with um, Scott Bunn coming up, and they say that in the in the show in the movie. Race to the bottom. Hey, is um is John Reed available? Uh, this is this is he. Oh, hi, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, Matt, what's up? Kim Carnes. Yes. Is she was a a, a huge one-hit wonder in the 80s. She sang Betty Davis Eyes. Do you remember that song? No. Did you ever hear that song? Let me let me pull it up. Oh. She's got the, you know, well, you know, she has that raspy voice. And I think there's actually a line in the song that says she's a, she's pure as New York snow. Is that a cocaine reference? <laughs> well, I was just think, realizing that it could. It, I think it's a a double. It's a dual reference about uh. how the woman, the subject of the song, is n- maybe not that pure. I'm making some assumptions about yeah. snow in New York. Okay. Oh yeah, I get it. I get it. You're going. Yeah, that's that's good textual uh, textual reading there, Betty. I'm, I'm, let's see what this song is. I think I was on a road trip recently with my wife, and this song came on, and and she was like, "You don't know this song," and I have like a I have like a song blindness for this song. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's a gift, John. That might be a gift. Yeah, I. This is not ringing a bell. Wow, this is a big song for like. What? Oh yeah, she just said she's pure as New York snow. Every morning out there in North Dakota, 
and Betty Davis Eyes would come on, and um, what else would come on? Uh, the song, There's Something Going On. You remember that? Dun, 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 dun. There's something going on. No. That was, that was a good one. You might be blind to that one, too, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you on speaker or something? Nope. No? Sorry, I'm having some technical difficulties. Okay, there we go. There, it's clearer yeah, now. It's better. Okay. So, um, my yeah, what, what's going on? You having some? You drop my, your phone my, in the toilet? Uh, no, I'm out in my car, and my my uh, AirPods keep con- connecting to my phone randomly. Oh. Uh, so I just took them out and threw them into the snow. The snow. The tears. <laughs> New York snow in my backyard. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Matt, let me just finish telling people what's in the mashup, and you can uh, chime okay. in on this if you want. Okay. Um, so, so go do the voodoo that you do so well. The guy is it says in in Blazing Saddles, and I said, "Oh my God!" So that is, I I recognize that as a line from Shoop, my favorite Salt and Pepper song. Um, and I was like, so that pre- that's a, a quote that, that uh, I think that Salt is saying. So I looked it up, and that there's also, it comes from a um, Frank Sinatra song, which I, which I played in the mashup. And I don't think Frank, Frank Sinatra didn't really write anything. It's probably a couple Jewish guys from the Bronx who wrote that song, right? It uh, has to be. Yeah. Uh, that you do what is the frank sinatra song um it's like like strangers in the night it's like what you do uh frank sinatra oh uh just no i it's in my head but i can't make the words come out of my mouth um i don't think that's the title (laughs) the voodoo that you do so well. Uh, some you do something to me. Ah uh, yes, you do, and it's all, always great when there's uh, a song with like those kind of O sounds for Frank because you do the voodoo that you do, right? He loves those the, oohs. The late Sinatra. Uh, sort of unfortunate when he becomes almost a caricature of himself mm-hmm. or or not even almost yeah yeah when he uh, he uh he was deep in his uh, ronald reagan days yeah yes <laughs> crafting policy with nancy in the wee hours <laughs> we're making policy <laughs> with my gal nancy And then that went right into Sam the Sham again, right? Um, is that is that what you call uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon? No, Wooly, no, Wooly Bully. He oh yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, w- Wooly Bully, Wooly Bully. Yeah, I always get that song stuck in my head, and I don't like it. I don't like Wooly Bully, so I thought maybe if I put it in the mashup. 
it would like purge uh, purge it from from my consciousness. Um, Has it worked? I don't know. I just I just played it. We'll see. We'll see going what forward. If, what if there was a recording of uh, Sinatra doing Wooly Bully? Wooly Bully. <laughs> Wooly Bully. It's hard to do the ooh on that one. Uh, Wooly Bully. That was, a, that was exactly the outcome that I needed when I said that. Yeah. Hey, Wooly Bully. I thought that uh, I had not listened to the entire conversation between uh, Sam the Sham and uh, Paris Hilton, and that that was in, I, I, every time I listened to it, I turned it on when it would be on Twitter. Yeah. I would just immediately sh- shut it down when the picture of the ape came up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And having heard most of it now, with the bed of We Are the World, I. <laughs> I think it's pro- it's one of the most wonderful and disturbing things yeah. I've ever heard. People uh, people say like uh you know they throw around the concept of of something like signaling the end of days you yeah. know really loosely oh there's oh this think, is but I think that this actually I think I conjured the end times with that uh that mashup there. I, I was actually I was literally going to say that it, that was the 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 fire of Gondor or whatever that uh, <laughs> that that like we know now that that society as we know it is on the the downward spot spiral. Fire of Gond. That's a, is that that's like a <coughs> is that that's a Lord of the Rings thing. I think that was a Lord of the Rings thing. My brother-in-law, I think, is listening inside my house right now, and so mm-hmm. I made a Lord of the Rings reference for him. It's also probably a Le- it's like a Led Zeppelin. That's a be an interesting thing that like uh, Led Zeppelin lyrics that are in the fiery pits of Gondor. Isn't doesn't he sing that? <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they were into some serious Lord of the Rings before it was cool. They were, you know, I'd be curious to know. I've never read, you know, of course, Scott Bunn would be the one to answer this question, but I've never read any of those, uh, you know, uh, Hammer of the Gods, any of those books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd be curious to know if, like, was their whole sort of, like, um, was their fantasy stuff a Lord of the Rings thing, or was it some other, you know, extremely British, uh, uh, you know, the fairies, F.A. Yeah. you know, type thing? Um, in the, uh, but I think in the fiery pits um, of Mordor, I fed, met a girl so fair, right? Um, of. I met a girl, but Gollum and the evil one. They literally, what's that's um, crept up and slipped away with her on ramp ramble on. Right? They're literally, yeah. They're they're. It's a literally. They're doing like a. They're doing a song version of of Lord of the Rings. Twas in the darkest depths of Mordor. Mm, I met a girl so fair, but Gollum and the evil one crept up and slipped away with her. Yeah, there's just straight up. Wow. 
Uh, the, the only the only Led Zeppelin song I know the lyrics to really is uh, "Dire Maker." So that's my okay. <laughs> <laughs> why that? Why that one particularly? I don't know. Uh, our friend Scott is like his face wrinkles into such disgust whenever I tell him that that's my favorite Led Zeppelin song. But I, it's the rhythm of it more than anything, um, and. Uh, is that see? I'm going to admit something here. Uh, if as okay. long as we're doing Led Zeppelin admissions, I don't really know any of the song titles. I'm a pretty big Led Zeppelin guy, but I had a my brother had like this, like a hundred and twenty minute uh, Maxell, like the big long uh, cassettes, yeah. you know, on both yeah. sides with just packed with Led Zeppelin stuff, and I listened to that all the time. And so I don't know. Is Dire Maker? Is that the one that's like oh 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 yeah. oh? Well, that's yeah. you know yeah, the yeah. lyrics to that one because it doesn't really have any lyrics. It's just you don't have to go. <laughs> that's exactly. Exact, that's why. Yes. And like ooh <laughs> ooh baby, I love you. Yeah. Something like yeah. And then it's and then it's just you know, it's all about that whole song is just about the just the rhythm. And yeah. I'm not even sure if, if that is like a. It's kind of got a Caribbean thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but. It's but it's not either at the same time. No. So I, that's what I sort of like about it is like it's a, it it's a, in a weird song space where you can't quite put your finger on the influences and then the the you know of course uh, what do we call him. Bonzo, Bonham. Uh, the, Bonzo. The, the, dr- the yeah. drumming in that song is just ridiculous. Yeah, I think they're trying. Yeah, it's they're kind of trying to do Caribbean, but um, uh, Gonzo couldn't play the couldn't play reggae if if you know you offered him a a, a fifth of uh, <laughs> a, 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 a a liter and a half of bourbon. Yeah, wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, I heard that he, you know, obviously an amazing drummer, but he had a hard time with, um, he was just a kind of pretty straight ahead bread and butter person. And when they did um, like odd time signature stuff, they'd have this big red flashing light um, that would like pulse the beat so he could uh, keep his wits about him when they did more kind of experimental stuff. I don't know oh. if anybody can confirm that or deny it. He was like the, he's the, he's literally the hammer and every rhythm is a nail. Maybe yeah. That's not. Something. Yeah. The hammer of the gods. <laughs> hammer is that of what the they gods. mean by hammer of the gods? It's an actual, it's just a god like putting up some vinyl siding, <laughs> hitting his thumb. God. If God hits his thumb uh, with a hammer when he's putting up vinyl signing, siding, does he say, God damn it? Does he, does he say, Gonzo? <laughs> um, all right. Okay, let's get serious, John. Let's, yeah, this show's almost over. <laughs> so... So, for people who don't know, I had I had Matt on um, 
previously. He he we were set up on a blind date by uh, Scott Bunn, who a uh, friend of the show, who um, you know is is a mention and a uh, the writer of Recliner Notes and and uh, co-host of Run notes, That yeah. Back. Yeah, but but I'm not talking about Scott Bunn here. I'm introducing Matt who. Uh, was on the show to talk about Mexico previously and um, is um, a brilliant um, writer and thinker and tweeter and, uh, you know, artistic sort of in, in his own right. Um, and also, um, I hope you don't mind me saying this, the C- you're the CEO of Costco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah I I what was I gonna I was, I was gonna say I'm the C C O O uh-huh. of Costco. I, I, so if Sinatra said C O O, it would be so. <laughs> so yeah, I am. Uh, and as I said in the Discord, like uh, with some like I've got very nervous. When you said on the air that I was like the CEO, so I <laughs> wanted to be super clear that people knew that I have like I like zero agency. I'm like ex- extreme. If if there's a middle of the hour, I am the middle of the okay. hour of middle management. Yeah. Um, at Costco, at a Costco, <clears throat> one um. building. The, the the headquarters of Costco, the mothership. <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, I do. When 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 anybody ever you know asks a question and it's you know something that's and a lot of times the answer is that it's out of my control. I mm-hmm. just say, well, the mothership. Yeah. Says. So the mothership is in uh, outside of Seattle. Okay. So we're yep. So I thought it would be interesting, uh, you know, to talk to you. I I figured that it would probably still be in the news by by uh, this time when we scheduled to have you come on uh, to talk about supply chain stuff because sometimes you'll you have just an interesting window into it. Sometimes you'll put uh, just post that like up. Oh, this is uh, if you want, uh, you know, windshield wiper fluid. You better. <laughs> You better uh, <laughs> scurry yeah. to the to the local pet boys because, uh, and I'm I thought it would be interesting to talk supply chain, something that we never really uh, thought about until recently, and and then since we kind of scheduled this, we've gotten the uh, all these really great truckers um, who uh, who are who are really been instrumental to. Um, you know, making the this supply chain thing even worse because they even, yeah. don't want to get a shot. Um, so, um, in the last three seconds of the show, <laughs> uh, what do you have to say about all this, Matt? Well, I mean, you know, as, as you and I sort of texted about this a little bit, I was, I said, you know, literally, John, I could come on and like just kind of tell you what we're out of today <laughs> and, and she, I, I loved your response which was it's perfect for independent community radio yeah um i you know the 
the strangest, like the, the windshield washer fluid thing is really weird. So much of this stuff is just inexplicable, like feels inexplicable. Like, yeah. you know, if we're out of Mexican Coke and Jaritos, it's like, yeah, that completely makes sense. You know, there mm-hmm. isn't, there's just not a truck to get it or a driver to get it from, from where it starts to where, you know, it wants to be. But like the windshield washer fluid, you just like, is what, what ingredient is it mm-hmm. that can't get to where it's supposed to be? And then it, as much as people, like people were kind of, you know, the, we have a lot of convenience store owners who, who shop at the, the building that, I, that I'm at. We kind of uh, cater a bit more towards uh, businesses. And, you know, for a few weeks, they were all freaking out that we didn't have any windshield washer fluid. And then, like, it, like now that we don't have it, it's never come in. Like, nobody even asks about it. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know if they found some other secret supply there or, or something. So that's always kind of odd. I got um, a question. Yeah. So you said you have, um, just sidebar, you, you say you have, um, like, convenience store owners who, who uh, shop at Costco. Yeah, at my, so my Costco is a business center. Oh, okay. So, it, so it's a little bit. We have a lot of the stuff that the regular Costco has, but then we also have like, uh, like the, the five gallon pail of mayonnaise. Yeah, and uh, lots and lots and lots of candy bars and but, stuff like that. But you, know, a lot of times you'll see like a, a box of like uh, you know of of Oreos, and it will say "Not for individual resale." Or is right. that? So you sell the stuff that is for individual resale, or are these guys just kind of yeah. interesting? No, we yeah. So like our stuff is all like if you open up a box of our stuff, it all has its own UPC and okay. They can and they can assign their own price to it, and then they they sell it out of their shop. Fascinating. I should have got because I know I, we have listeners who are Costco shoppers. And if if uh, anybody has uh, Costco questions, I should have opened up the uh, previously. <laughs> I think this is so interesting. Um, I anybody who wants to hit me up in the Discord chat, I'm always happy to help. Yeah, because uh, that that's uh, like one of the only. Uh, I got to be careful here, but I like one. Mm-hmm. I guess probably my favorite thing about the job that and the bar is pretty low, let's mm-hmm. be honest, is uh, just solving problems. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, anybody who has a question, I, I'll, if I can answer it, I'll answer it. Otherwise, I'll just blame the mothership. <laughs> Anything else? I have one other question for you, but uh, before I, we move on to this last question, anything else okay. you, you ha- have to say about um, supply chain issues? Well, the, the only the one thing I did want to say is that you know kind of like as much as this job isn't really what i anticipated doing with my life but now it is um there's that like the whole i mean the whole thing with costco is it's you know pallets full of you know filled to the top 
of whatever it is that you want. So you, you mm-hmm. love that Costco, you love that Costco uh, olive oil. Well, we've got a palette, and don't worry, even if that palette is low, like there's another palette. There's six more palettes in this deal. Don't worry, and that like that's the the, the whole psychology of the mm-hmm. of the business of mm-hmm. that business is like just the the idea of plenty and so like the same way that i sort of like solving problems like this the feeling of uh just like never having to worry about if there is enough and and kind of providing yeah sort of like a cool part of the job and it's like it's really weird to have to tell people that we're out of things Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's you know i'm not saying that I'm like traumatized by it, but like when you go into work and you, you know, the main part of the job is just like literally like having so much stuff that you're like shoving this cornucopia of things across a table at people all of a sudden to not be able to do that. It's like, no, like to have to repeatedly say, no, sorry, we're out of it. No, sorry, we're out of it. It, it, that part is weird. Yeah. And so it's like, it's just one of those odd, uh, outcomes of the, of this whole supply chain thing. Yeah. You would, you'd never think about poor Matt at (laughs) Costco being bummed out because he has to say no so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wasn't there like a, um, a cream cheese shortage? Did you have to? Oh God. Yeah. Cream, no cream cheese. People, very concerned about the cream. I mean, because we have bakeries and things that that shop with us a lot, and yeah, it's like you know, when 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 there's no cream cheese, they can't, we can't sell it. They can't make, you know, I you know, I'm drawing a blank schmear. on a cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, a smear. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, so yeah, it's like our job is to help people you know do their jobs and when we like this all this stuff is kind of out of our control yeah it's it's a very strange feeling cucumbers like when we're out of cucumbers we've got a guy who comes in makes a lot of tabbouleh yeah uh and like we're out sorry leo we're out of cucumbers Wooly tabbouleh <laughs> All right, Matt. I was going to ask you how all this intersected with uh, with capitalism, but I, I think that uh, you kind of answered that question. I got I got to get you back on to talk about this. It's so fascinating. I shouldn't have yammered well, on so long about what was in the mashup. That's on me. No, I thought that uh, our last conversation got so was wonderful, but it was so kind of deep and intense. I I think that you and I needed this as like yeah. a palate cleanser. Yeah, and and people can go back and listen to On Mexico in the archives. Matt, thank you so much for calling in. I got to get ready for for Prime Talk BK, but uh, have a a good one. I'll talk to you soon. You too, John. All right, bye. See ya. Bye. How about that? How about that? If you're listening to the show on your computer, think about uh, downloading the app for your iPhone or your Android. It works great. If you like what you heard, you can go and click the green donut but. Donut button, set it again. Donate button um, on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We survive on your donations and thrive on them. 
Um, and you can sign up for the newsletter. Next week, my buddy Jake's coming on the show, and we are going to talk about... Um, I think we're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to do an unfair album review. Um, up next is Crime Talk BK. We'll close out with a little... Uh, little Phil Collins. Why not? I've had this weird thing where I've always hated Phil Collins and I've started appreciating him recently. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, guys. I'll talk to you next week.